Come on, give the Lord a hand tonight. Amen. You know, it, it doesn't have to be another Thursday, you know. It really doesn't. You can return back to your seats. It doesn't have to be another Thursday. This can be a Thursday. This can actually be a Thursday where you can hear a word that will change your life where you can experience a touch from God that will actually change the course of what's going on right now. Change your atmosphere. It's up to us really to connect because God is here. He's been here. Amen. Amen. Come on, give the Lord a hand today. I want you to grab your Bibles with me. Thank you, AJ. And turn to the book of Isaiah, chapter 9, verse 6. And I want to thank Pastor Sister Chella and all the pastors as well. Uh, always a privilege. Never take it for granted. Never take it lightly for being up here. I know that this is, this is part of God's calling. Amen. But it's always a privilege for me to be up here. Isaiah chapter 9 verse 6. It says like this. It says, for to us a child is born. To us a son is given. And the government will be on his shoulders. And he will be called Wonderful Counselor. Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. Amen. Go ahead and shake somebody's hand and you can grab your seat. Amen. When I was growing up and I was, uh, you know, as a child going to the store with my mom, you know, we would go and, and sometimes we would pick up, you know, we'd go shopping. We'd go to pick up some food or even go shopping for cereal, Right. And if you've ever been to the cereal aisle lately, or even back then, there was a million choices on what to pick, right? You would walk down the aisle, and you'd see the common brands, right? You see Kellogg's, right? You see, uh, you know, Lucky Charms, right? You see uh, uh, Cheerios. But if you were on a budget, like I was, right, you would go to the end of the aisle, and as you went to the end of the aisle, they had a brand. It was a generic brand. And what they had is they had basically a white box, and it said whatever was in the box, cereal. Or, yeah, they got the picture, right? Potato chips, right? It, 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 that pretty much sums it up on the generic brand, right? Uh, you know, you, it, it was what you used or what you bought when you were on a budget, right? I mean, you've seen other brands, but this right here is showed you that it was a generic brand. And you knew that if mom or dad or whoever bought that and put that in the basket, you knew it wasn't going to be that good, right? You knew it was just going to be enough to fill you up, amen? They can go ahead and take that picture off. It's starting to depress me. <laughs> no, I'm just it's so, you know, it, it, nowadays our generic brands have gotten a little bit better, right? You know, they're no longer the white packages with the black labeling. In fact, they, the packages now have color, Right? Uh, you may go to the store to get Lucky Charms, but instead you're getting Marshmallow Mateys, right? You may go get to, go get some Fruit Loops, but instead it's Fruit Rings, right? Come on, some of you had a bowl of that this morning, don't act shy, <laughs> right? But you knew that no matter what, no matter how fancy the package is, you know and I know that it's a generic brand. There's a taste difference, right? I mean, no matter how cold and how crisp a cup of Dr. Thunder is, right? It's still not Dr. Pepper. Nobody can say amen to that, right? And back then, and even now, we know that the generic brand is never as good as the real thing. In fact, we know that name brands, they mean something, do they not? 
Name brands, they actually hold value, right? Women know this better than men, right? When it comes to purses or when it comes to other things, right? There's a big difference when you shop. Value is always found in name brands. And, you know, names mean something. And in the Bible, names mean something. In the Bible, the names of God mean something. And in studying, you know that over 900 times in the Bible that God himself either refers to himself, refers to his character, or shares a name which reflects who he is. Over 900 times in the Bible, there's a name for God or a reflection of who God is. In, in fact, you know, you may be familiar with some of these, right? There's names like El Shaddai, which means Lord God Almighty, right? Names like Adonai, which means our Lord and our Master. Jehovah Rapha, which means the Lord who heals. Or even Jehovah Jireh, the Lord that he will provide, right? Those names, they mean something. They actually hold value in their names. And in our opening scripture, the prophet Isaiah, he's actually prophesying right here about Jesus, right? We all know Jesus is God. And yet again, God is reintroducing himself. He's introducing himself, and that name that we read, the names that we read, the each and every one of them hold value. The name I want to talk about tonight is Wonderful Counselor. And I don't want to get too deep on the study of the Hebrew, but when it was written, Wonderful Counselor, in its original Hebrew, right, it means this. Wonderful means extraordinary. Miraculous, marvelous, full of wonder. And of course, counselor, it's very similar to what it is now. It's to advise, right? To direct, to give wisdom, to lay out, and to give guidance. And so looking at the name wonderful counselor, what does this mean? In plain English, what does this mean? It means this. God functioning as our wonderful counselor, he gives guidance for our lives that is miraculous. He gives guidance that's extraordinary. Why? Because the direction from God that he's giving us, it comes from his pre-planned greatness for our lives. See, God created us with purpose. And because he created us, he's the author of our purpose. Whenever he gives us guidance, it's with that purpose in mind. So when he says left, he knows what he's talking about. When he says don't do it, he knows what he's talking about. In Isaiah 25 verse 1, it says, Oh Lord, you are my God. I will exalt you and praise your name for in perfect faithfulness you have done marvelous things, things planned long ago. You got to understand that God planned our lives long ago with a purpose intact. He gives direction, right, for our lives all based on his plan and his purpose. That's, that's why when we hear and listen and apply what he's saying, it always works. I'll say that again. That's why when we hear, listen, and apply what he says, it always works. See, knowing this, trip about this, knowing this, knowing that God has the ability and the willingness to advise us divinely and to get us to our purpose and complete that purpose, why is it do so little of us really seek God counsel? Why do so many of us really don't have that wonderful counselor relationship between God and us. Why is it? You know, if you think about it, most of us as Christians, we approach God with our plans already, right? If we think about it, we come to God and say, God, this is what I'm going to do. God, I'm going to be getting this new job, and I ask you to bless me. 
God, I'm going to be taking this step or I'm going to be making this move. And God, I'm asking that you help me along the way. We don't really come to God and say, God, what do you want me to do? Where do you want me to move? What job do you want me to take? It's pretty much backwards. The relationship and the, the name Wonderful Counselor isn't really a reality. It's not. See, so the question remains is why? Why do we not see God or do we not utilize God as a wonderful counselor? That is the question of tonight. Why? If he has the ability to divinely direct us based on his purpose, why don't we utilize it? Why don't we look to God as a wonderful counselor? Well, I have a few reasons tonight where, why I believe that we don't look to God as a wonderful counselor. You with me tonight? couple reasons. The first reason I believe that we don't look to God as a wonderful counselor is pretty simple. It's we don't really like being told what to do. <laughs> we really don't like being told what to do. In a recent UCLA study, listen to this one, a few years ago, it was, it was actually reported that an average one-year-old child is told the word no more than 400 times a day. Average one-year-old child. Now, I want you to times that by how old you are, right? 25, 26, right? <laughs> Average that. Why is it that we have to be told no so many times? Flat out, it's because we don't like being told what to do. So we got to keep getting told and told and told. So since birth, since we don't like being told what to do, it's still in us sometimes. I think of times where I'll be doing something, right? And maybe my wife disagrees with it. Hello, husbands, Right? And she'll just say the name, Eric, right? And immediately, whether I'm right or wrong, that feeling of, ooh, I don't want to hear this voice, <laughs> right? Man, what did I do wrong, right? It immediately comes to mind, right? We don't like it. We don't like the feeling of being told what to do. Why? We don't like the feeling of not knowing or even possibly doing something wrong. So most of us, we avoid something or someone that will tell us what to do. Think of how you feel when pastor asks you or says, hey, I want to talk to you. When's the last time you had that, right? I don't know about you, but right away I turn to my wife, what did you do, right? What, what, what happened? What's going on, right? And the whole time you're thinking, man, what does he want to talk to me about, right? Come on, am I the only one, right? You get that, and right away it's like, man, what is he going to tell me, right? Maybe excuses start popping up in your head already, right? It's, it's just a natural thing that we don't like being told what to do. It was once said, even of ministers, right, that we'll get on a plane and go preach on the other side of the world and tell people how to do something, but we'll struggle to go across town to listen and actually learn how to do something. So even though our wonderful counselor is readily available to give us guidance, but because we don't like being told what to do, Right? We don't, we avoid even asking God, what should I do? For fear of that he might actually talk to us. He might actually tell us something we don't want to hear. Think of Adam when he was told that he had to work the garden. Right? Do you really think he was elated about it? Think about Abraham. Do you think he was happy that he had to leave his land? Right? Or what about when he had to, uh, he was told to kill his son Isaac? I mean, do you think that this was something that he wanted to hear? Think of Moses, think of Daniel, think of Job, think of David, and all these people that were told by God to do something. You know, how many of them were really excited about it, 
right? So you got to understand, most of us, just like the men and women in the Bible, they weren't really excited to go to God about these things. But yet, it's in our nature to sometimes not be, you know, not want to be told what to do. Another reason I believe that maybe you and I don't look to God as a wonderful counselor is that we still have options in our lives, or as I like to call it, a plan B. Amen? There's many in this room today, I would dare say, have a plan B just in case this God thing don't work out. See, there's men and women possibly in the home, right, who maybe they have that one plan just in case the director keeps getting on their case, right? I mean, there's people possibly in this room who have phone numbers still in their phones, huh? Old friends on their Facebooks, they keep in touch with certain people just in case. Even in ministry sometimes, it happens, right? They get involved, people get involved, they help, they commit their time and their effort and their money with this in mind, as long as, as long as my leaders tell me the right way and don't rebuke me, as long as I get recognition or a title, as long as no one hurts me, as long as. It's always the plan B. Let me just throw this side note out. Can I throw a side note out real quick? All of those things I mentioned are going to happen in ministry. Every single one of those things are going to happen. You're going to get corrected. Sometimes you won't get the recognition. And sometimes you might even get hurt. So be prepared for that. Amen. If you leave room for options, my friend, you will have a, such a hard time hearing the wonderful counselor. You really will. Because what does it really matter what he has to say? Because we already have that plan B just in case we don't hear what we want to hear or just in case something happens that we don't want to happen, right? See, I've learned this in my own Christian life. I've learned this the hard way. You got to learn sometimes that that plan B has to be completely eradicated from your life. If you're going to make it in Christianity, you have to get rid of your plan B, right? I mean, think about it. You know, in my personal life, I had to do such a drastic turn. I had to throw away phones. I had to cut off people. Hello, somebody. I had to get rid of family and friends in my life because it was impossible for me to make it with the plan B in my life. It was just impossible. And I want to tell you something, that if you have a plan B in this room today, it's going to be really hard for you to hear God because you already have that plan in your mind just in case. See, I mean, think about it. What do you really have to go back to, huh? What do we really have to go back to? Think about it. Huh, Pastor Greg? What do we got? We got West Block to go back to? Huh? We got Sobriety Park to go back to, Pastor Manuel? What do we got to go back to? But yet people in their minds have this plan B just in case this don't work out. See, when it comes to God as our wonderful counselor, it's going to be really hard to hear him with that plan B. Thirdly, I believe another reason that we don't see God or we don't look to God as a wonderful counselor right, is that we think sometimes that we actually know better. That's real quiet in here. <laughs> That's real quiet in here. Sometimes we think that we actually know better. We feel sometimes that since we've been with ourselves for so long, that we ultimately know what's best for us. I know not in this church, right, but somewhere, somehow, there's people that think, well, I've been with myself so long I know myself. What can God or anybody else tell me? I know me. 
I'm going to give you a few things, some of them are funny, <laughs> that you might find, or excuse me, that will help prove to you that you don't know everything. Tell the person next to you, you don't know everything. <laughs> I know that's hard to believe for some people, right? Here's a few things to, to let you know you don't know everything. The first thing is you don't know the future. You don't know the future. If you knew the future, then you might know better. But God, see, he knows the future. So when he gives us counsel or when he gives advice, he knows better because he knows what's down the line for us. He knows what's down the future for us. Huh? Here's another thing. Our information is limited. Our inf even with Google, your information is limited. Huh? Even with Bing, your information is limited. See, but God, he knows everything. He knows everything. He is unlimited in his knowledge. So until you're unlimited in your knowledge, then, my friend, you probably don't know better. And here's just a little funny side thing to throw in there. How many know who Dora the Explorer is? Come on, those of you kids know this, right? Dora the Explorer. Do you know that everybody thinks that her real name is Dora the Explorer? It's not. Her real name is Dora Marquez. Huh? <laughs> I know it just blew your mind right now, right? <laughs> that is a true fact. You can actually Google that. Right? You don't know everything. I know you think you do, but you don't know everything. Dora Marquez. Proverbs 14.12 says that there is a way that seems right to men, but in the end it leads to death. Yet all of us at one time or another have thought that we know best for ourselves, especially when it comes to ourselves. Parents, don't we deal with this all the time, right? Don't we see our children? And it doesn't matter how old they are, sometimes they think they know best, right? They know what's best for them. They know the best decisions, right? I mean, we deal with this all the time, yet some of us with our parent, meaning God, we act the same way. We act like we know better than God, huh? Some of us don't see God as a wonderful counselor because we're our own counselors. We look to God to validate our plans and create or don't even bother asking God for direction because we feel that God is leading us. But in reality, we're leading ourselves. We feel that God is leading us, but in reality, God is, I mean, God ain't even in the picture. We're the ones leading ourselves. Here's some healthy questions to ask yourself when you got something going on in your life. Ask yourself, who told you to get that job? Who told you to buy that car? Who told you to get involved in that? Who told you to date him or her? Who told you? There's a way that seems right to man. There is a way. But most of the times, it's not God's way. It's, you gotta understand, God is a wonderful counselor. So when you have that in your mind that you know better, you will not look to God as a wonderful counselor. You won't, because you have that way in your mind that seems right. Lastly, it's not a long message at all. <laughs> Lastly, the last reason I believe that we don't look to God as a wonderful counselor is simply this, is that we ourselves fail to ask. We fail to ask God to be that wonderful counselor in our lives. I have a quote here that says, leadership begins with asking how you can make things better. Leadership begins with asking how you can make things better. Sometimes you and I think that asking for help is admitting that we did something wrong or that, you know, that somehow we failed at whatever it was that we were doing, so we don't ask. Most people, I have found, though, want help. 
They just fail to ask for it, right? There's people here tonight that you need help. You want help, yet service will come and go and we'll walk out with the same problem. Why? See, even though God is our divine and wonderful counselor and has the ability to really, really direct us, right? And, you know, we'd rather sometimes sink than to open our mouths and say help. See, I believe that God will not only judge us on what we do, but even on what we don't do. And a lot of times what we don't do is ask for help. I mean, come on, think about it. Think about it, guys. How many years of hurt could we have avoided by crying out to God earlier? I mean, think about it. In our lives, how many years could we have hurt, was saved if we had just cried out to God earlier? Right? It took us years, many of us. Some of us, it took us several tries to really get it, to really understand it. See, why would it change now in Christ? God still waits for us to cry out to him. God still waits to us for us to look to him as a counselor. There's many people in this room today, I believe that you're sinking. Your marriage may be sinking, your ministry may be sinking, the plans that you had are sinking, you're failing, and you're one step away from maybe even leaving God, but God is still on standby. 2 Chronicles 7.14 says this. It says, if my people who are called by my name will humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn away from their wicked ways, then I will hear from heaven and I will forgive their sin and I will heal their land. Everything boils down to the if. I'll say it again. Everything boils down to the if. Wonderful counselor. My question tonight is, do you know him? Do you know the wonderful counselor? For whatever reason tonight, I believe that there's people in this room that maybe you don't know him. Oh, you know mighty God. You know the God that does miracles. You may even know the God that provides. But you don't know the counselor that's able to direct your life. And you may be struggling. You may be sinking. You may be uh, in, in a place where you, don't, you, know, you need direction. You don't feel like you're receiving it. You don't hear God. And it's because you don't know him as a counselor. You don't know the divine words that he can speak into your life. Do you know the wonderful counselor? I'm going to ask AJ to come to the piano, and I want you to bow your heads with me today. Wonderful counselor. Whatever the reasons we went over, whatever the reasons you may even find yourself in tonight, The question here today is why wait another day not knowing him? I'm not talking about salvation. I'm not talking about even being right with God. I'm talking about knowing the God that Isaiah was talking about. The one who can divinely guide your life. Some of you are sinking, man. You have that plan B on deck right now ready to initiate it, walking around like you know better. And the whole time, God is on standby trying to give you divine direction. Some of us spend years wandering, wandering in circles. God's trying to talk to us. He's trying to divinely intervene in our lives. But we don't want to ask. We don't want to look to him as that wonderful counselor because he might tell you something you don't want to hear. 
I believe you came tonight because you need something from God. You need to hear from God. You need to hear a word from God. My friend, I can't give you that word. Our leadership, our pastors, they can't give you that word. My friend, but the divine counselor, the wonderful counselor is here tonight. And he wants to speak into your life. He wants to tell you which way to go. He wants to speak the words that you're needing to hear tonight. I want to pray with you tonight. I want to pray with you tonight. And I'm going to ask if you say, you know what, Eric? Look, man, I find myself in one of those categories where, you know what? For whatever reason, man, I've been having a hard time looking to God as a counselor. But I want to hear him tonight. I, want to, I need a word tonight. I want to pray with you because I believe God's going to, he's already speaking to many of you. He's already tugging at your heart. He's already moving in your, in your soul. You can feel it. You don't want to sink. You don't want to fail. You don't want to go back. Well, you have to hear him tonight. You got to listen to him tonight. If you say, you know what, Eric, I need that prayer tonight. I need that guidance. I need that direction. I need to meet the wonderful counselor. I want you to slip out of your seat.